Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, along with John Thurman of Axis Financial, Philip talks about how do I know how much life insurance I need? Can I have too much life insurance? What are the different types of life insurance? And what are the different reasons business owners buy life insurance? Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right. It is August 2nd, a new month. And as I mentioned on the previous episode, uh, this month I got, um, you know, I have a life insurance sponsor. I also have a, a CPA sponsor of the episode. Y'all heard the Friday episode with Allison Rife Martin with some tax tips. She shared some good stuff about how wealthy people um, don't pay taxes. So go back and listen to that episode. And um, if you if you want more information, more tax tips, reach out to Allison at rifemartinaccounting.com. Uh, see the show notes. But uh, today I have John Thurman. He'll be here for basically every week uh, um, for the month of August talking about some life insurance tips. And John, actually, y'all, just, just so you know, full disclosure, is my life insurance agent. I don't I don't have a license to sell products anymore. I dropped that when I became a fiduciary, but John keeps me up to date on what's going on in the life insurance business. So thanks for coming in and, uh, and, and sharing with me, John. Morning. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So today, um, and we, we were talking offline before that I'm, 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 I'm halfway. One reason I'm doing this is, uh, you know, when I did sell life insurance, it feels like an eternity ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I was selling a lot of it and then I stopped and I felt like, man, there's so many underinsured people that I know. So I need to, I need to get the message out there. And so we'll, 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 we'll do some basics today. And then as we keep talking, we'll go deeper into it. But, but my, my first question is actually like the number one question that, um, that people just don't know. And it's how do, how do I know how much life insurance I need? Yeah. So, I mean, typically when we sit down with clients, we go through needs. You know, we want to make sure that um, that this product is tailored specifically to them. Um, and and an easy, uh, you know, a marker would be just how much income they're making, how much money each uh, spouse is making, and you know, how much of that do we need to replace? People's greatest asset is their ability to make money. And so from an insurance carrier standpoint, that's actually how they judge how uh, insurable you are and, and how much they're willing to, to write on you. And so, you know, if you want to look at super simple math, you know, a lot of times we do 10 times their income because if that person's not there, um, you know, a lot of times they're missing out on 15, 20, 30 times their income. If we talk to a younger client, they're likely to, you know, be in the work world for 30 more years and be, be making income. And if they're not here tomorrow, you know, their spouse misses out on that, especially if someone's a primary income earner or the uh, breadwinner for the household, then, you know, we want to make sure that they're properly insured and properly covered. So, you know, uh, it's not uncommon for someone to have uh, 15, 20, I mean, even 30 times their income. 
to make sure that it matches their income generating years. But uh, it's going to depend on each person. Obviously, you know, other factors are, do you have young kids at home? How long until you have your kids out of school? How long the you know term we try to set up for? How much coverage do you think you'll need to cover college tuition or, um, you know, make sure that your wife's, your spouse is properly set up for retirement. And so the, the easiest and most common way to do it is based on income. Um, but it, it is definitely a tailored thing. And I think a lot of times people come to us and they say, oh, well, you know, my, my brother has 250,000, so I need that. Well, if the client I'm talking to makes $250,000 a year, then they're going to be heavily underinsured because their standard of living and their lifestyle um, is needs a lot more income to, to keep them afloat. So I don't know if that kind of answers that question. Oh yeah, no, it makes complete sense. I think, I think you and I solved the same problem. People come to me thinking, uh, you know, not knowing how much they need to be financially independent. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and that, that number that they have in their mind from a guest standpoint is oftentimes low. And so mm-hmm. same thing for life insurance. And I'm going to ask the questions out of order. Cause this one is kind of a follow-up that I hear often when, you know, when, when, when I'm talking to folks and doing their plan and I say they need, you know, something like 15, 20 times their income, you know, they'll, they'll think, isn't that too much insurance? So can, 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 will the, will insurance companies allow you to be, you know, quote unquote, overinsured? <laughs> Yeah, um, no, they won't. From an actuarial standpoint, you know, you have to have insurable interest and you have to you have to have a reason of why you need that. So for example, if somebody comes to me and they make, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year and they want a hundred million dollars of insurance, the carrier is gonna say, you know, what what why do you justify that? How do you justify that? Why do you who's gonna miss a hundred million dollars if you know if you're not here tomorrow? So no, I mean that's not a common problem. Most of the time people are heavily underinsured, but yeah, you technically you can't have too much insurance. But you know, again, when we talk to our clients, if somebody has no kids or they have no kids, you know, left to to raise and they have all their debt paid off and you know they're in the end of their income generating years, they're about to retire, then yeah, you technically could be overinsured because you have a five million dollar policy, but you don't have a need for five million dollars. But I would say nine times out of 10, it's the other way around where people, you know, are underinsured because they, they do make a good amount of money. And it doesn't matter if you make 50,000 a year or $500,000 a year, it's all math. You know, it comes down to how much does your family need or how much will they miss if you're not here? Got it. Got it. What what are the different types of life insurance at a, at a, at a very like (laughs) basic level? Right. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to think of it is, is term and permanent. Um, permanent is what it sounds like. It, it lasts forever. If you buy a policy today, you're going to have it, you know, until you pass away and your, your beneficiary is going to make a claim on that. So it's going to have a return on your money. Uh, term coverage is designed that it's meant to mirror your needs. Uh, term is going to be for a period of time that you pick. Um, typically, it's going to be anywhere from 10 to 30 years. Um, more common would probably be 20 years. And uh, what it's designed to do is it's designed to to match your maybe your mortgage payoff amount or or length of mortgage. Um, it's designed to get your kids through college. You know, when you have less financial responsibility, um, it's designed to match your income generating years. And so, I ideally, you know, let's say a younger person buys a twenty or thirty year term they'll have most of their debt paid off. They'll have their kids through college, um, you know, and they'll have less of a liability as they get older. And so, 
term is nice. Term is cheap. It's much cheaper than permanent coverage. You know, you got to think from an insurance carrier standpoint, if you're less likely to have to pay a claim because it's within a window of time, you know, you're less likely to die in the next 10, 20 years. And so they can charge you less premiums because they may or may not pay that off. Whereas a permanent policy, they're going to have to pay off. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, there, there's pros and cons to both. Um, but again, it always goes back to, you know, mirroring our clients' needs and making sure that it makes sense for their specific situation, tailoring it, I should say. And um, you get into a situation where I think sometimes, you know, people, everybody wants permanent coverage because they obviously they, they want it to last forever. But the reality is, is they may not want to pay for it. And so if somebody needs a million or two million or five million dollars of coverage, and the premiums for a permanent policy for $5 million are you know, high, <laughs> right? They don't want to pay for it. Um, and so that's where having uh, sometimes a hybrid of both, having a larger term policy and a smaller permanent policy, so they have something in place forever, but then the proper amount of coverage today. Because what I don't want to see is somebody says, hey, I, I need this much coverage, but I only want to pay this much per month, but I want permanent coverage. Well, then you get into a situation where they only have 100000 or $250,000 of permanent because their budget won't permit and then if they die in next year or five years from now, now they're heavily underinsured. So again, I'd rather see someone have proper coverage or more coverage that's going to suit their family than just worry about so much of, you know, do I want term or permanent? You know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes sense. And and also I think you, you, you got this for, for, for me and Kelly. Um, it, it really didn't cost that much with some permanent on our kids because they were so young. We, we opened up the statement, um, open up a statement this past weekend. So we got like a, you know, our, our kids own some Bitcoin. They got some, uh, <laughs> nice. you know, they have some, they have a savings account and, and, uh, and they have some cash value from their permanent life insurance. And I was like, man, our kids are rich. <laughs> we, were, we were showing them and they were, just, they're, they, you know, it's funny. They just, they have no concept of how blessed they are relative to exactly other kids. So right. <laughs> appreciate that. Not, not much of a concept of money either. At least my boys don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No, but it, yeah, it's true. But life insurance on your kids is, is one of those kind of awkward subjects, but you know, nobody wants to think about, um, you know, some people do just the bare minimum or they'll have a you know real small policy so that it'll cover, you know, final expenses and that's fine. Um, and the years is set up where, you know, they've got a little bit more coverage and so they've got something that's going to, you know, carry them longer and last longer and, um, it builds cash value. There's, there's, you know, a lot of different ways to structure it, but I think having insurance on your kids is, you know, so, so key. I'm an insurance agent. I've been selling insurance for 16 years now, and um, I did not buy a policy on my son when he was first born, and he got diagnosed with leukemia at 11 months old. And you know, here I am, the idiot insurance agent that tells everyone else why they should get coverage right away, and now my son is uninsurable because he went through leukemia. So, yeah, I'm I'm a prime example of you know why it's better to have it as a backup plan and not need it. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and then, and then one more plug side note. Cause we, we, I'm, I'm absolutely going to bring you back when they do this. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to converting some of my term whenever they come out, whenever uh mass mutual comes out with this Bitcoin, <laughs> Bitcoin, uh, Oh, backed insurance. Or, yeah. Permanent policy. yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I was like, wait a minute, yeah. cash value life insurance with Bitcoin in it. The, Sweet Jesus. The future of insurance. Yeah. yeah. Pretty interesting. There's, there, there's, a, and again, you know, from an insurance standpoint, they're not going to do anything that loses money. So that should say something about it. Yes. Yes, yes sir. All right. Next, next question. Um, how, or well, you kind of covered it. 
Um, so I'll skip that one. What are some life insurance uses for business owners? I get a lot of business owners who listen to the podcast and, uh, and I know there's a lot, but what are, you know, what are some of the, the, the main yeah. uses you see? Yeah. I'll talk about some of the more common ones. I would say the, the, the first easiest one is, is uh, life insurance for their employees. It's a way to attract employees. It's a way to keep employees, you know, any, anytime you offer benefits, a lot of times uh, a smaller company can't afford health insurance for their employees, but they are able to offer ancillary products or life insurance products. So that is a good way to, to attract employees and, and keep for as far as retention goes, but probably the most common when somebody asks about business life insurance would be a buy-sell agreement. Um, a lot of people have a buy-sell agreement when they have a partnership. So they've formed it or they've, they've had an attorney draw it up so that if one of them passes, the other person's spouse is not in business with that other partner that still survived. And most people have something in place, but they don't actually properly fund it or it's not common. Um, and so a buy-sell agreement is basically allows that if one person passes away, that the spouse of that person can buy um, or let me clarify, the spouse of the surviving uh, partner can buy the spouse out of the, the spouse that, or the partner that passed away. So that's probably the most common of buy-sell uh, life insurance. Key man life insurance is common. You know, if you had, uh, say, uh, a salesperson that was generating 80% of your revenue or was a big part of your business, um, or you had a, a salesperson even that was generating 20 or 30% of your revenue, you can buy life insurance on them. So if they weren't there, that you would have compensation to help keep the business afloat or, or uh, find someone new to replace them. Um, and then this is not life insurance based, but um, disability or business ownerhead or a BOE policy, like a business overhead expense. So, you know, having money coming in that even if somebody passes or does not pass away, that you've got money coming in to either replace income or to pay expenses for the business while they're out. Yeah, no, that's true. And speaking of disability insurance, man, it was, I pinched a nerve doing more than like two weeks ago. Oh, no. And, um, and, um, and it was like level 10 pain for days. Oh, no. And it was like about two or three days where, I mean, I, you know, I'm in front of my computer a lot and, and I struggled to be in front of my computer. You know, it, it definitely affected my work. And yeah. so I was like, and I was like, dang, man, you know, cause a job like mine, you know, I figure, uh, I mean, I have disability insurance, but I figure I'm never going to use this. Cause I can right. Always right. Yeah. Use this. And then, then you realize, oh man, you know, one back issue, one arm right. issue. And right. it affects my, affects my work. So I was like, thank God yeah. I have disability insurance. No, yeah, you're, you're right. It's smart. And it, you know, I think it's one of those things, especially when you're self-employed, you know, you have a team working for you. And so a lot of times my self-employed clients think, oh, you know, like I'm not doing the physical labor. Or I'm not, I'm not doing the hands-on whatever. And they think, oh, I can run my business from, you know, home or from a hospital bed. And the reality is just because you might be able to somewhat do it doesn't mean you should be doing it or want to be doing it. You know, and I'm imagining if you're going through chemo or, you know, vomiting, you're the last thing you want to do is worry about bidding jobs or making phone calls. So you know, it's def definitely a necessary evil, but can be a huge help if you need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what what's, if anybody wants to uh, reach out to, to you at uh, access financial, um, um, you know, what, what's the best way for them to uh, get a hold of you? 
A couple different ways. I mean, the easy one to remember is the website is Axis Financial. It's A-X-I-S financial.com. My email is just my first name, John, J-O-N at A-X-I-S-F-I-N.com, AxisFin.com. Or the office line is 817-618-3369. Awesome, and 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 just for and and um, I believe you mentioned you do a um, a no cost uh, insurance review. Of course, yeah. I mean, you know, there's never any cost for or never any charge for our services. You know, we we um, whether it's a review or or coming up with options for you, but um, it's always a good thing. I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm covered, you know, or I'm covered through work where I bought a policy 10 years ago and, you know, it covers me for life. And I feel like in about 50% of the reviews we do, we, we uncover that somebody didn't have the coverage they thought they had, you know, they kind of made a mental note and then 10 years goes by and they, that, that memory deteriorates. And so we often find that a term is expiring, you know, in two years or the permanent coverage they thought they had is not actually permanent coverage or the premiums are going to increase at a certain time. And so, yeah, it's it's really important that a lot of times do that that people do that where they they set it and forget it and um, you know if it's been more than five or ten years since you've looked at your life insurance policy, um, it wouldn't hurt to have somebody else look at it and you know make sure that you're on the right track. Sometimes it's nice to just be able to tell people, hey, you you got it set up and you're you're uh, good to go, and maybe just a refresher on peace of mind that you are in the place you need to be. Uh, absolutely, that 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 peace of mind. I think you hit it on there. Whenever COVID was happening. You know, because I, I, I review mine, you know, annually, which is why we, you know, bought a few policies, you know, from you in the, in, in the recent mm-hmm. years. And, and, um, uh, but it was a good peace of mind to just be able to say, hey, like, you know, we're good when COVID was happening. You know, obviously mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to die. Right. <laughs> you know? But if it happened, I was like, oh man, you know, Kelly and the boys are good. Like, you know, yeah. so that, that peace of mind. For sure. And it didn't cost that much. Right. Well, well, well um, I give the disclosure or disclaimer. This is for informational, educational purposes only, not meant to be investment or financial advice. Seek your own account before making investment decisions uh, or insurance decisions or estate planning decisions. Uh, these are just our thoughts, our opinions, our views. Um, thanks, John, for coming on the show. Thanks for sure. Sharing. Thanks for having me. I look forward to hearing more tips next week. Awesome. Thanks again. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.